Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney At Play podcast. What happens when a Disney cruise you take is longer than the time you spent planning for it? That's nearly what happened when we chose to go on the Disney Dream with little notice. At the heart of that decision was a change in vaccination policy that allowed our son to board. We'll go into that and the challenges of getting everyone on board. But at the real heart of this cruise was the time we spent with our son as well as our daughter. Such an event led to some activities I really haven't done before. It also created more one-on-one time with Donald Duck than we have ever thought to spend. Add to that, Disney's uh, Halloween on the high seas and all that that entails. Oh, and if you've never been on the Disney Cruise Line, we'll share with you the number one reason more than any other that cruise ought to be with Disney. So join us as we embark on a last minute Disney cruise. My apologies, by the way, I really am trying to get out two podcasts a week, but I was really on a middle of the ocean uh, when uh, Tuesday morning came and I really wanted to not be on the internet for this entire, in fact, I was very good, even though I somehow kept getting messages from LinkedIn, even though I'm on airplane mode. Um, And the internet is probably something we ought to talk about during this um, experience, but I just wanted to get away from it. In fact, that was probably the impetus is things have been really crazy lately. A lot of stress, a lot of things going on. And I saw this as an opportunity to get away, particularly for uh, my birthday. So it was kind of a birthday cruise and we saw a last minute opportunity. And um, before I get into that, last minute opportunity. Let me just preface this. A a podcast or two ago, I had a chance to talk about um, doing an event at Disney, uh, a week-long event, business event with um, 12 others. And the one thing I didn't bring up during this, during that entire podcast, and I apologize for not bringing it up, is that 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 event would not have been possible if it hadn't been for David Zanola. I'm telling you, the guy played tackle on so many fronts to make so many different arrangements uh, for us. And and I should just tell you that if you don't understand the idea of a travel agent, know that you don't pay extra to go through an agent, but you do have the benefit. They get the commission from Disney, a commission you don't get if you book by yourself. At the same time, they take on so many of the details that um, really save your tail at the end. They, they're generally on, on the phone. If you haven't called those Disney phone lines, you could be on, on the phone for hours. And so what they do is almost every day they're on the phone for hours waiting to get in. And then they call, then they, then they deal with every uh, possible travel issue that they're currently dealing with dealing with. So they are able to address a lot of issues that you don't have to address. And that really saved, in fact, I think they were on the same cruise when I was doing that program and he was still texting me. Again, going back to that texting thing. He was still texting me every day saying, how's it going? What's happening? 
he really um, he really goes above and beyond to address this. And so if you don't do anything else, go to my site and check out. He, um, he is listed there as, um, as, as the host. Now, I get no commission on David's work, but I do this because I think David's work is great. And you need to take advantage of that. It also was at the heart of saving my tail on doing a last minute Disney cruise. I don't think I would have pulled that off. In fact, I think I would have actually ended up, it would have ended up costing me trying to do this at the last minute. So this is, this is not something you probably want to do on your own. Uh, you probably want to engage someone and I so recommend David in that regard. So given that context, let me just set up another preface for why we haven't done a cruise. Um, my wife and I did a cruise a year ago, and that was the first one after COVID. And that was a great experience. Again, thanks to David. But we wanted to do the Disney Wish, but trying to find someone to take care of our youngest while we did that cruise was just a lot of issues, especially because we had already um, taken advantage of our older children as we went to Europe over the summer. So trying to find someone to do that has been a little tricky. And I I still plan on getting on the Disney Wish, but that's a whole that's a whole different conversation for another day. What what happened here is is that uh, we would have taken our children from day one on a Disney cruise, and um, my daughter is vaccinated. All of us are vaccinated, and um, but my son was not vaccinated. And um, if you've heard many of my podcasts, you know that. Um, our two youngest deal with autism. My daughter is high functioning, but my son is low functioning. Prior to COVID, just prior, we had some dental work done and kids in that spectrum don't handle dental work really well. In fact, you have to actually use an anesthesiologist to cover all the work that has to be done. And we had made plans. We thought we were all in sync. We got into the dentist's office and the the senior dentist came in with a with a needle and my son just panicked. I thought he would be under or somewhat put out by the time we got a needle in him. Any rate, my son started kicking pans and trays and needles went flying. It was a disastrous event and it led to my son not even wanting to go to a dentist. But then when you get around to getting a vaccination, it's another needle thing and our son just refused. And at his height and size, it's pretty hard to just kind of force him down, nor do you really want to do that. And so we've kind of had to play it, even though all of us are vaccinated, we kind of created the bubble of us being vaccinated around him. But, And I think he did end up with COVID not long before we went to Europe but he didn't, it didn't pan out terribly for him. He's healthy and strong and he, he was fine other than something of a, of a 24, 36 hour flu. Any rate, Disney just a couple of weeks ago changed the rule on being vaccinated and that allowed our son to go on it. Now, the caveat to that is you, you do have to get a, um, a COVID test and you need to show that you are negative on a COVID test and it needs to be one of those that are kind of monitored by a medical professional. You can sometimes do that at a drugstore and so forth. But again, getting our son to go to a drugstore, all that type of thing was just really kind of crazy. By the way, if you have been vaccinated, you now don't have to do anything. You just have to 
upload your vaccination card and you are good to go on that cruise. There's no problems with those who are vaccinated. But if you haven't been, you have to show negative on a COVID test. There is a there is an established provider that does that um, kind of a telemed kind of thing. And we miss the window for getting the test sent to us and then having it processed in time to go on COVID because we were so last minute in getting this together. And I wasn't paying attention to that particular detail, even though David was saying, hey, you want to pay attention to this. Um, and so we had to go to another provider that provided some angst because then the provider forgot to send it out and it was supposed to be FedEx overnight. And it was kind of last minute before we finally found that our son was again tested negative and able to do that. But a lot of a lot of issues still are out there in terms of making sure that you are certified. So that was one of the one of the big hills that we had to do. Uh, to climb in order to make this cruise um, a reality. Um, the other aspect is, is that because you haven't checked in, you're late checking in, a lot of things that might be available to you, such as early dining or being able to arrive at the port early, those things were not uh, available to us. Uh, we ended up with a later port arrival time. We also ended up with a lesser array of options. We don't feel really good having um, a balcony room when our son is with us and um, just don't want him kind of sitting on over the rail the whole time. And so we look to having a porthole um, room, but as we kind of went through it with David, he was saying, okay, the good news is, is that there's it's only $20 difference between an interior room with no window or no view and, and a porthole room. So that was really good value. However, there were no two rooms linked together in the system because again, it was so late getting us started on this. So um, you could get a LinkedIn room, but it was gonna cost hundreds of dollars more. So we kind of were set at an interior room, which wasn't a bad one. It was on the eighth floor, kind of in the in the mid area. Um, so that wasn't too bad. Um, but, uh, and probably this played out for us in our favor because we had a slightly later check-in time. It was out of Miami. So we had to drive from Orlando to Miami. Um, it was a good drive, nice drive. I was excited for uh, the whole change. We get there and I, and I asked about being able to change to a porthole room. And that required me going across the terminal, talk to a manager and that interface took about 25 minutes. But for very little additional, we were able to get two porthole rooms um, put together. And I, I show a picture of this on Disney at, um, at play.com. So you may want to check this out. And I got to tell you, they were great rooms. Um, there is this pull-down bed right by the porthole. You'll see kind of a cabinet by the porthole. And that becomes a pull-down bed. And um, we just had one of those put down 24-7, all made up. And uh, often my daughter and, and wife, would take turns just laying on that bed and just enjoying the world passing by in the porthole. And it was just 
It was a great room. Um, it, the showers are different in that room because they're circular. It's kind of an oval. I, we've always been in other rooms where it's more of a square design, uh, a traditional bathtub design. Um, these were great bathrooms. This is a great room. This was this was a perfect solution for our family. We we put our kids in one. We take up the other, and it was just uh, a great uh, solution. And they were really great at getting it all arranged for us. Um, so now the problem is, is that when you get to the new rooms, your old rooms have the lanyards, your old rooms have the gift bag, the old rooms have everything. And so, and we had checked in luggage and they had lot, they no longer had the traditional luggage tags with the barcode. So they were writing our name on the luggage tags. Go figure, the one day I'm doing a podcast, there's somebody mowing the yard next door. Sorry about that noise. But at any rate, um, they just wrote the numbers. So we were kind of like wondering if we're going to get our room, get get our luggage sent to a room. So I, when you were doing last minute, then you don't plan things and you don't anticipate everything. One of the things we always do and we encourage others to do when they do a cruise is pack a bag with a swimsuit, sunscreen, everything so that once you're on board, you don't have to wait for your luggage. You're changing your swimsuit, go swimming, go enjoy the um, the ship as much as you want and, and not be impacted by that. Well, I'm thinking I have a late check-in. It'll be about two o'clock. It'll be two or after by the time we check in. So I don't need to worry about not having a room. I can just go straight to my room and get changed. I'm not thinking right because even though we did get a room and we were able to walk on board, and by the way, at two o'clock in the afternoon, um, I overheard them say that only 350 people of the total 2,600 that were going to be on the ship. Now, you, a ship could take up 4,000 people. There were only um, 2,600, as I recall, um, being shared. Um, and of that, there were only 350 who hadn't checked in. So it was almost walk on at two o'clock in the afternoon um, to get on board. Mind you, we like to be there earlier to get on, to take advantage of every minute. But but it wasn't bad in the afternoon because there was just n no wait, other than the fact that I had to go through the paperwork of, of trying to figure out a different set of rooms. Long and short, no luggage no luggage and it got to five o'clock and there was still no luggage i i finally went back to what was our original rooms and found them sitting outside our door and i schlepped them across the ship to what was an eighth floor aft room aft means that you're going to get a lot more of the bumps that come with the engines um moving around and doing their thing and but it wasn't it wasn't bad we didn't I, 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 it, it didn't ruin our, our experience at all and we were just around the corner from some elevators um those elevators take you right up to cabanas which is the main dining room during the day it also takes you to the club level it also takes you to um the um um, animation restaurant. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on the name of the? I'll come back to that. At any rate, um, so there are things advantages. If you can always get a room that's close to to some elevator, you're really only a, f 
a few feet away from everything is what I, I experienced from that. At any rate, changing that room did take time. It was a little bit of a hassle. It was so worth it. But again, it's one of those things because it was last minute, you end up having this kind of situation occur. Um, went and did the mustard drill, which was important to our daughter. She hates the sound of the of the of the test bells or sirens that go off. And um, with COVID, one of the best things they did is they made the mustard drill something where you just checked in during the afternoon. You didn't have to all assemble at one time in one corner, you know, in, in your individual area. You just had to go to, and check in at that area so you knew where it was. That was real easy. And then we were pretty well free to enjoy the rest of the day. Our meal was a later meal, which meant we went to an earlier show. Now, if you're with our son, Preston, um, if you are in the parks, if you ever in the parks and you see a grown young man carrying a plush penguin, you are then seeing my son, Preston. He carries his penguin, whose name is Donald, all around him at all the time. He may want to brush in front of you to get to the first seat, to his favorite seat in a theater, such as uh, Donald Filler Magic. His favorite character is Donald, so all things have been renamed to, it's not Mickey's Filler Magic, it's Donald Filler Magic, which honestly, if you look at the film, that actually makes more sense. But any rate, when he rushes into his favorite seat on the front row, it is not center. It is on the very, very, very far right, which is the worst place to watch a 3D film. But that's his place to go. And it's the place he goes when he watches the Muppets because there are penguins in the orchestra. He gets to the front and not to center, but to the far right. And we end up being front row, far right on just about every show we go to. So no surprising when we get to the Walt Disney Theater. What row are we on? The front row, far right. Nobody wants those seats. It's okay. It was interesting because you do get a unique view that kind of allows you to kind of see what's going on in the sidelines as they, they come in and off stage. Um, and that first night was Golden Mickey's. Now, I go way back on Golden Mickey's, not only on this cruise ship, on the, the Disney Cruise Line, but also Hong Kong Disneyland was doing Golden Mickey's. And it seemed like somebody else was doing Golden Mickey's at one point. Maybe Tokyo, but any rate, Golden Mickey's go way back. And and the original Golden Mickey's had Michael Eisner interfacing with the stage. I don't want to give away the show, but there's a there's a stage manager in the show that is supposedly a stage manager. She's an actress, but but anyway, it's about it's about coming out from behind the scenes and being the star you are and that type of thing. And, and Michael Eisner provides this encouragement to this cast member and so forth. Well, when Michael moved on, it went to Bob Iger. And so they changed out the video to Bob Iger doing this essentially the same script and everything. Well, lo and behold, we've moved on to Bob Chapek, which by the way, if you go onto the Castaway Key, you'll see one of the first signs. There are all these signs on the islands acknowledging um, former leaders, including Bob Iger. Um, but the first sign you see is to Bob Chapek. 
But what do you see when you're in the Golden Mickeys? You still see Bob Iger talking. It was so awkward. And I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, is this just like the worst meeting that was ever held when entertainment got together and say, uh, do we have to use Bob Chapek or should we just change out the show or should we? I, I just obviously a decision has not been made because Bob Iger is still sitting on that video and it's just, it just feels very awkward and very weird when that change was made uh, several years ago. That's said and done. Actually, I thought the rest of the show was really great. And I thought the cast did a better performance of that show than I had seen in many a years. I mean, I've fallen asleep in that show before. And I was riveted by that show. I um, also have to say, while we're talking in the Walt Disney Theater, we also saw Believe on the last day. That was good, but the the showstopper was um, the second show they did, which was Beauty and the Beast. And I've already seen this show before, but the cast was incredible. I have never seen a better Belle than the cast they had. It was so, um, so well done and so professional and so, and, and there's some, some problems with the scripting of the show. It tries to follow the cinematic version of the show, uses some of those songs instead of some of the Broadway songs. But get beyond that, the the show set, the show design, the show... Uh, oh, and, and why they do Be Our Guest in a Moulin Rouge kind of uh, context when the show should go back to, what, the 1800s, maybe the 1700s? Um, I mean, not, I mean the 18th century or the 17th century. It just was that there were a couple of little weird things, but notwithstanding it, um, it was an amazing, it was, it is probably one of the best Disney theatrical shows I've had the privilege of seeing over many, many years. It was really well done. Um, so our, we just had a great opportunity to enjoy our um, experience. One of the things that makes this experience great is Halloween on the high seas. And, uh, you know, people pay a premium up to $200 or so in, a night to go to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. Mind you, you're paying a real premium to go on the Disney Cruise Line. But the Halloween activities are all thrown in, and they are really pretty impressive. Um, the, beyond the Halloween tree and the decorations and so forth, there are characters that are um, costumed in different Halloween attire. The best of the best of these was my daughter went to go see the Sanderson sisters, and I thought, okay, this is going to be three women dressed up as the Sanderson sisters. No, 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 no. It was Daisy and Minnie and Clarabelle Cow dressed up as the Sanderson sisters. That was amazing costuming, amazing dress up, very funny to see. There's a trick or treat where um, you now go through cabanas to do the trick or treat and you walk away with as much candy as you're gonna get if you went to um, the not so scary Halloween party at uh, the Magic Kingdom. Um, people are dressed up for, for Halloween. There's a Halloween show that takes place on stage outside. 
just a full complement of Halloween activities. And then there's also Pirate Night, which occurs. And folks are all dressed up for Pirate Night. It's kind of a dining thing that's themed out. Uh, and, and they had two shows, a Mickey show that was pirate themed, and then a Captain Jack Sparrow show right before the fireworks. And the fireworks keep getting better. I was truly, um, just with the music from Pirates of the Caribbean, it was a fantastic um, pyrotechnic show. Um, folks know that have been on the cruise that a lot of the other cruise ships will hang nearby the Disney Cruise Line so their people can see Disney's fireworks. It's just, it's an amazing, it's amazing what they have to offer. And by the way, if you get a chance to see the Christmas one, we did that last year and it's also beautiful and they have a Christmas show, Christmas fireworks. It's just really, um, a lot of fun. Um, I did a couple of firsts during this, um, little, little things, really not big things. Um, by the way, let me, before I go, one of the big challenges with booking so late is that we were going, we thought at the last minute of doing one of these dolphin experiences. That was really, that's something Preston has wanted to do. We were willing to pay a premium for it. That was not a problem. But at the time I went upstairs to book it because we were too late to book it um, before we got on the ship and we get on the ship and I can't pull it up on my app because we're in port, I guess. And so I went up and he described what it was and I booked it. And then the next day when the it showed up on the app as a booking and I paid for it, I realized this thing was four and a half hours in length and that you're going to be taking a long bus ride to and from. It just was a scenario that I kept thinking, this is not going to be something that my son's going to really like. And, and people are not going to really like being around my son in such a tight space. And so I, um, I, uh, the, uh, we, we went back to them and said, we just don't think this is going to work for our son. And they refunded our money. Now, I don't think that's a, uh, that's a standard thing by any means, but I was really, um, grateful, but that's one of the challenges when you book last minute is you may forego some of those opportunities of doing things you haven't done before. So just be aware of that. Um, there were little firsts that we had on this cruise. I'm always in the adult pool. I decided to check out the family pools, which I had never done before. So I, I kind of did that. Tried a virgin strawberry pina colada. I mean, I always have um, Diet Cokes available for free, but yeah, I decided to take one of those. People call me, and you know who you are. You text me while you're on the ship and ask me the answers to trivia questions. Uh, that are out there, and and uh, and I yet the funny part about that is, um, is that uh, I've never produced, I've never participated in one of those trivia games on the ship, so we decided um, that we would participate, my daughter and I, in a music Disney music trivia contest. And I would, um, and by the way, 
somebody also on the ship asked me, even while I was on the ship, does Woody have a last name? I didn't know the answer on that. The actual truth is um, Woody does have a last name. It's Woody Pride, P-R-I-D-E. It's a really weird name, but that came really early in the in the uh, development of the character. But this was a music contest. You played a little piece of music and you had to guess which movie it was from and and what song it was. I am happy to say that um, we, well, we came in second on this. We would have come in first had I known the name of the song Miley Cyrus sings in her movie. And frankly, that's a badge of honor that I do not know the song Miley Cyrus sings. All the other songs I knew, so it was a bummer that I didn't, we didn't get that, but uh, but we came very, very close to it. Also participated in a crafts thing of building this little paper cruise line ship with my daughter. It was a great bonding time. That I enjoyed so much. Not sure why adults, particularly if they don't have small children, I don't know why they spend time on a little craft exercise when you spend so much money on a cruise, but I guess people find that just to be enjoyable. So more power to you. You do you. That's okay. That's cool. Um, We got to, um, I think this is the first time we arrived in a port that I didn't get off the boat. We went to... Um, um, Grand Cayman and my wife and daughter I, my son didn't want to get off the boat and so when he kind of fell asleep in a little bit of a nap I urged my, my wife and daughter just go and head out to the beach or find they went on their own little journey tried to figure out how to get from here to there on their own and so forth I stayed on the ship with Preston um, did a lot of chickens. You know, I'm not a chicken strip kind of guy, but I got to tell you, Disney's chicken strips on their, on their boat are actually better than I thought they'd be. But I never did get off the boat that day. Um, might not have even gotten off in Castaway Key, which, by the way, is my favorite place to go, but it was kind of a an inclement weather day. It wasn't a great weather day. The only thing that was pulling me off that boat is that I had this favorite shirt that I bought last year for Castaway from Castaway Key. I love the colors in it. I love the design and aesthetic It's of this shirt. And when somebody broke into my gym locker earlier this year, they stole my bag and they stole the shirt that was in it. And that was my shirt and it got stolen and I'd been upset by it. Miracle of miracles. While the merchandise on the ship, and usually we buy a lot of merchandise. I'd buy my... I buy my uh, my clothing all from the Disney Cruise Line. Um, it wasn't great selection on the ship, even on Castaway Key. But the shirt, there were still a few shirts left, and I actually got not one but two of those shirts to take back with me. I was so determined that I was going to um, to do that. Now, I mentioned in my introduction. Um, what is the number one reason you should go on a Disney cruise line? Um, and there are a lot of really good reasons why you should go on a Disney cruise line, especially if you love all things Disney. I mean, the whole place fills with music. There is artwork of Disney. There are the Disney characters. There are Disney movies and shows going on all the time. Everything speaks Disney. 
And so that alone, if you love all things Disney, is a reason to go on the Disney Cruise Line. But that's not the most important reason. Another important reason is the quality of the customer service. Our, our uh, server was nothing short of amazing. He did such a great job because his the assistant server was brand new and didn't know what they were doing. He was really carrying um, the torch in trying to provide the best service possible. And he was, he was amazing. And that too was a highlight being seeing this customer service because they're just really it is the best customer service you can find anywhere in any organization any place you go i've stayed at a lot of hotels i've stayed at the ritz carlton's i've stayed at the the four seasons i've stayed in them all i think the most consistent delivery of customer service is disney cruise line but even that isn't the most important reason you should go on a Disney cruise. The most important reason is was found um, late one afternoon. We were setting, we it was a day at sea and we're heading from Grand Cayman. You have to go back around Cuba and to head to Castaway Key. And I show a map of this at disneyatplay.com so you can kind of see what's going on there and you could draw a line where at one point um, they had kind of turned the ship after having come around Cuba toward Castaway Key and they were moving in that direction and then they made an announcement that someone on the ship was in I mean, they didn't go into description, but clearly that person needed to be medically evacuated and that they needed to take steps right away to make sure that that individual um, could get off the ship and get medical treatment. And so you can see a line on the map where the ship has changed and it is now pointed toward Key West. And at the point where it ends is the point we could see Key West only about, I would say, five, six miles away, which you don't usually see when you're on, on the cruise. But we could see Key West when it stopped. A Coast Guard boat came in. I show a picture of this boat coming in. It's a small boat. It's got a stretcher. They also had jackets on for the family members to, to join with that individual and that that boat came right up to the to the ship and they loaded that passenger on and and took them back to Key West where they could get medical treatment. I don't know what happened after that, but you know what? People talk about Disney being all about the mighty dollar. I can tell you for every cubic mile you you turn around that ship and you go in a different direction. It wasn't way off course, but every cubic, um, every nautical mile you spend going in a different direction, you have expended a lot of fuel. And that was, that's not the issue with Disney. It With Disney, it is always about safety first. Not that they are perfect, but you cannot find an organization more focused on that number one value than Disney. And let me tell you, safety matters even when, especially when 
you are on the high seas and you are in the middle of nowhere and you need the help and attention. So if there is a reason to go on the Disney Cruise Line above and beyond all, not saying the other ships might not do something similar, but you know Disney won't hesitate to do what it needs to do to get people the help it needs. Afterwards, the ship rechanged its, its direction, moved to Castaway Key, and we were there by the next morning. So I just have to say, there is just one thing about Disney you can depend on uh, about as well as any, and that is its attention toward safety. If I could summarize this, well, if I, if I could identify one thing that was probably more unique about this trip than any other, and mind you, I've been decades with Disney, so I've had my share of character meet and greets over the years. I think with our son, we had more meet and greets in this, in this experience than I have, uh, I have done in the last two years in the Walt Disney World Parks, or uh, I've done in the last eight cruises prior on the Disney Cruise Line. We have done meet and greets. Now, his favorite character, as I mentioned before, was is is Donald Duck. And uh, he loves Donald. And Donald makes two or three appearances a day. And our ability to get him to do anything else was somewhat dependent on, okay, we're going to do this, do this, and then we'll see Donald. Do this, do this, then we'll go visit Donald. And that's kind of how we play out the experience with someone who's grown autistic. So you get to know Donald. I don't, we have pictures of him with Donald and every in a in a castaway key outfit, in a nautical outfit, in a regular outfit, in a Halloween outfit, in a pirate outfit. You got every imaginable version of Donald Duck in 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 in, uh, in our photos and with Preston. And, and Preston doesn't just well. First of all, Preston wants to hug the character, so we it's to protect Donald from being knocked over. We finally had to say, okay, now you can only shake hands with Donald. But he doesn't, he doesn't do it for the photo so much. He actually hands Donald his penguin, whose name is Donald, and has Donald hold the penguin while he takes the photo. And then he'll line up our, uh, my wife or my daughter and line them up for a photo with Donald and the penguin. And it's just kind of a crazy. People have seen us. Uh, there are 2,600 people on that ship who have all seen my son walking around grown son walking around with a big red Mickey shirt and and a penguin. I got into a conversation in the in the pool in the adult pool I'd come back from Castaway Key from doing that little shopping thing and and the pool was empty except for one guest I and I said to the guest I said to the couple I said I said well it looks like you've opted for your own pool as opposed to um, visiting the island and they actually have a son who's in entertainment and this was their first Disney cruise and they went on and on about how amazing Disney was and the customer experience and the quality and attention to detail and and uh, and we talked about my business and how I provide that adaptation to help organizations understand how they can build out their customer experience and and their leadership and their employees and, and adapt these same ideas and principles back to their own their own world. At any rate, long story short, I was mentioning my son and mentioned 
he's the kid wearing the penguin. And immediately she said, oh yeah, I've seen him. You know, it, it, we are quite recognizable. At any rate, last night, uh, after the final show, before we go to dinner and we're having our final photo with Donald and I turned to Donald as my son was walking away and I said to him, sorry for being emotional. I said, I just thank you, Donald, for being so patient with my son and with his penguin. Please let you and your colleagues know how much we appreciate all of you. Any rate, walked away. Donald just stayed Donald, of course. The next morning we got ready to, to leave and uh, we came back to our room to gather our luggage. And there was a note. Picture of Donald <laughs> on the one side. I had this on my Disney at Play site. Donald Duck number one listed. <laughs> Donald pointing is number one on one side. And then a note on the back. Not exactly Donald's uh, penmanship, uh, but it works. He said, the, this, the note said, Preston, I had so much fun taking photos with you and Penguin Donald. I hope you two had so much fun. Don't forget, I'm number one, and I'll see you real soon. Donald Duck, number one. In my opinion, Donald Duck is number one. And those are the reasons why people do a Disney cruise. And that's, you know, that I wanted to get away and just, and I slept a lot on this cruise. But I tell you, the thing that really was the best part is I got to connect with my son. It's easy when you have a child like that to be very transactional. You know, you get them their peanut butter and jelly sandwich and you get them to school and you pick them up and you brush their teeth and you do those things. It's moments like these where you really connect and you interact. We talk about that in my programs, the idea of interacting as opposed to transacting and the difference that makes. And that experience was what made this the best cruise ever was the opportunity to really interact with my son. And uh, maybe that's also a number one reason why you ought to go on a Disney cruise. Well, that does it for this Disney at Play podcast. We thank you for joining us. Thank you for your patience. I'll, I'll have another one up by Tuesday morning. But in the meantime, we hope that you'll check out DisneyAtPlay.com. Subscribe there. If you could, go to um, uh, iTunes or your podcast holder and please give us a positive rating and review for the littlest podcast that could. And, uh, and check out our Patreon Society, uh, our Patreon group, the Wayfinder Society, where we bring all things Disney to you and, uh, and celebrate all things Disney with interactive tools and um, and experiences that you can only get in the Wayfinder Society. Again, thank you for being part. Thank you for joining us. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon. <laughs>